Good morning, Lansing. It's Saturday, it's 9 a.m., and the pet experts are in the building. This is the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS and 1320WILS.com. Now, here are your hosts, Rick Pruce and Lee Cohen. Welcome, pet keepers, to this week's MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. I'm your host, Lee Cohen, here with my co-host, the pet expert himself, Mr. Rick Pruce. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Lee, and... How have how have you been doing? How's your last couple of days been? Oh, Rick, it's been an adventure, unlike it usually is. Because <laughs> I gotta tell you, I was out by your place yesterday, and there's this little thing in a car called a serpentine belt. Yeah. And let me tell you, when it breaks, you're done. And, <laughs> and that's what happened to me yesterday. And I tried to limp my way back to the station, and I couldn't make it. But I gotta tell you. I pulled into a place on Cedar called Miko's, and it's a detailing shop, and they've got a, or a Mediterranean restaurant there. And I can't be more grateful because when my tow truck came to pick me up, he said, you know what? I'm not towing you anywhere. We're just going to fix this. And he and two of the guys from Miko's spent a couple of hours working on my car and didn't charge me a penny for doing it. The only thing I had to pay for was the replacement belt. Well, and he had to you, – you were telling me he had to actually – the the, the uh, driver – had to drive you down to a to, to an auto parts place and get the serpentine belt. So, exactly. I mean, that is amazing. When when you told me that story, I'm like, and how much did it cost you? And they all did it for free. And and you know, I think that sometimes, I guess, the big message on this one that I wanted to make sure you brought this up is it's interesting how the community is far more generous and and far more Kind. willing to help yeah. than than what we sometimes think of in this dark day and in our in our history of uh, you know politics and no you're you know, right you know it's 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 very interesting yeah I always think that people are just really mean and that's why everybody loves animals because animals aren't as mean <laughs> as people are but I've got to tell you when you get very kind acts of 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 total kindness from people yeah it just it reinvigorates you and so again to uh, the guys from Mikos and for the uh, record driver. What, what's who, the record company? Uh, actually, I don't have the name in front of me, but I will post it uh, on my Facebook page okay. because the truth is uh, when the guy said, you know what, I'm a mechanic. so I The guy I, from the towing company. Yeah, and I, I can help you. And the other two guys literally playing with the jaws of life yeah. to get this thing on without taking my car apart. Yeah. But yeah. I got to drive home last night and I was reinvigorated in my belief in people. And so when I hear stories like the one we're going to cover today about people just expressing a total love for animals and sacrificing a lot in order yeah. to do it. Yeah. It just it makes you think that it's not just animals. They do it. They would do it for people too, but it's it's just not something you ever hear about because we only hear about the bad. We don't hear about these great stories of people doing. Well, we kind are of going to today. No and, question. And, and today, uh, you know, to start this whole process of this show started with a, a Boy Scout coming into the store and telling me that he wants to do a project for his Eagle Scout. Right. And. Uh, 
Uh, so we've got to know each other. And what's interesting is he came in in the uh, uh, spring or no, the late summer. And then he came back to me because it was too late in the season to really do anything. And he had to generate some funds. Right. Uh, when he came back in, I hardly didn't recognize him because he's in that growing sport period. So a lot of things happening, a lot of a uh, lot of excitement. I really want the listening audience to kind of hear what this uh, young man uh, has in store, and and he also will give you a strong sense of encouragement because he is our youth, and this is a youth that's going to, you know, stand tall and 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 be responsible and and. Uh, has has an incredible amount of energy that's willing to do this. Yeah, there's no question about it. His name is Lucas Palmiter, by the way, and he's 15 years old and is, again, just doing incredible stuff with you. And then we're going to actually talk with the owner of the farm for which he's doing the work because the truth is that Bob Worthy has done a lot to help his wife Vicki in, in getting this farm up. It's a 501c3 for uh, older farm animals to keep them alive and let them enjoy their senior years, which is a nice thing because for some of us who are starting to get nearer to our senior years. <laughs> Longer in tooth. Yeah. It just makes you appreciate people who do actually want to do things Absolutely. like that and make them feel good. So, Well, let's talk. Let's talk. Uh, and let's 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 hear. I yeah. think it'll be a great show. I agree with you. So that's what we're going to talk about this week on the Mid Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show on thirteen twenty WILS. It's the Mid Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show with Rick Cruz and Lee Cohen. We're back here with the Mid Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show, and Rick, we have with us on the line a first time guest. He's actually a high school student. He's a Boy Scout, and he's working on getting his Eagle Scout. His name is Lucas Palmiter. Welcome to the show, Lucas. Thank you. Oh, it's our pleasure to have you. Lucas, can you explain for people who don't know what is the process or what do people do in order to go from being a Boy Scout to being an Eagle Scout? I mean, what kind of a promotion is that and what do you have to do to earn that promotion? So when you first join um, Boy Scouts, you will start off as basically no rank. And then you have to work to get your way to then Scout rank, which is the first rank. It's the simplest one to get. And you have to do a few requirements for that. Next would be Tenderfoot. And then it is second class, then first class. And then it becomes a much higher, like, more tedious process, which is then when you get your um, Star Scout rank, then Life Scout. I'm currently a Life Scout. The hardest one to get would be Eagle. Only five in every, I believe, 100 Boy Scouts will get to Eagle. And to get to Eagle, you need to, um, one, you have to get all the required Eagle Scout badges. And then on top of that, you have to get a bunch of extra merit badges. So um, that by itself, I think, takes one of the um, longest like requirements of Eagle Scout. Right. The, um, the second like big thing you need to do is an Eagle Scout project. And that is what I'm currently working on. Gotcha. And, and what, I mean, 
would one be possibly run out of time before they do something? I was like going to say, how long I mean, does this you take? <laughs> it sounds like it would take a lifetime to do this. So tell us what the time timeline is on this. So you, I don't know exactly when you're able to join Boy Scouts. It's just after you graduate from being either a Cub Scout or when you just join whenever after you um, get in, I believe, seventh, eighth grade it is. And then um, you get up until you are 18. Like the day you turn 18 is the last day you're able to um, complete the Eagle Scout. And how old are you? I am currently 15. Oh, so we've got some time here. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We got some time. Okay. So um, how far – so you have the project to do. Besides the project, how much more do you need to do? Is there a number of other uh, badges that you need? I need, I believe, one more Eagle-required merit badge, and then I think maybe three or four more regular merit badges. So I'm not sure exactly which merit badges I'm going to choose, but – I'm going to a camp this summer that'll help me get the rest of them. Well, that's cool. That is cool. But I'm 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 I am pretty excited about the the, the project. Uh, we're kind of a little involved in that we've we've been able to uh, uh, work with you, and uh, that's how I know about this. Is you came in and you were like, um, you know, more or less, you wanted to create a duck pond for a a nonprofit. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that. So, um, what I'm creating a duck pond for is Mitten Misfits. Uh, farm sanctuary. They basically take um, res- they rescue abused, neglected animals, specifically farm animals, and they just take care of them in the last moments and help them to have a good life. And recently, um, we got ducks. So my th- first thought was was why not just build a pond for them because they're going to need a pond eventually when they grow up. And building a pond. We are going to put put koi in that, and that'll help clean it. And then also, now we have more koi, and it looks really cool. And then we're going to have a little fountain on the end that'll um, keep the water going, keep the koi alive, keep it clean, and just create a nice calming sound to it. Was it was this your idea, or were you like a volunteer at Mitten Misfits, or how did you even learn about Mitten Misfits? So, um, for actually one of my eagle. Um, required merit badges, citizenship in the community. You need to research different nonprofits and volunteer at one of them. So um, we saw a post about misfits. So my mom showed me their Facebook page, and they have really funny jokes on there, and I just loved them. So she <laughs> decided that we we're going to go there. So I went there for a day to do like their orientation, and I loved it. Um, I got to see all the different horses and animals it was really cool so then i went back there to volunteer for my first time and i just haven't stopped volunteering there since so um one day vic mentioned that she needed a pond for the ducks and i just caught on to that and eventually surprised her by saying i was going to help her with that for my eagle project well that's great and uh vic is who explain who the parties are here who is vic oh so Vic Worthy, she is the owner of Mitten Misfits. Okay. Um, and then her husband, Bob Worthy, is, I guess, also the owner. Um, but basically, they'll come down every once in a while and help us with the chores and make sure that the animals are good. But, yeah, it's it's nice because she helps keep me in check specifically. But 
<laughs> overall, everyone. It sounds like she is the heart and soul of the operation over there. Mm-hmm. Now, Lucas, when it comes to doing something like this, what experience do you have? Because the idea of I'm going to build a pond, I mean, I've heard Rick Proust tell me probably 10 years in a row exactly how to go about building a pond. But it doesn't sound like it's it's necessarily an easy thing to do. And if I'm 15 years old, it really doesn't sound like an easy thing to do. Yet you're going to do it. Talk about what motivated you to want to do it and what experience you have in doing it. So the main thing that motivated me in doing it is I just love the animals there. It's just at this point, it's not even like I'm doing it for service hours because I'm not. I'm doing it just simply because I love the animals. And um, experience-wise, I have probably little to no experience about that. But my dad, he's a construction worker, I guess. So he helps build things. So he can help with, like, basic where where it goes foundation-wise, things like that. So we have a little bit of experience on that part. We have, like, tools to help. So the main experience that we're looking for is Rick's help. <laughs> well, well, I think you're safe there. <laughs> well, we will work together as a team. Um, I can give you all lots of intellectual help, but unfortunately I'm not going to be the one out there with the shovel, that's for sure. <laughs> so um, this is not a small undertaking. Um uh, you know, because I suppose a listener could be hearing this and thinking, okay, well, it's a duck pond, right? Um, the liner we ordered in and that you now have is a full 30 foot by 50 foot. Now, that won't be the size of the pond, but it gives you a size, uh, an appreciation for the magnitude of the project. And the equipment has to be able to deal with ducks. So, you know, koi are one thing, and we know how to deal with that, but when you're dealing with ducks, well, we all, I don't know what anybody in the listening audience has ever had this, but if you've ever had a pet duck and he's been anywhere near where you can see what he produces, not so much what he consumes, they can be both uh, voluminous and kind of messy. So popping a few of these ducks into this pond, we need to make sure that the system is in, in tip-top shape and it's, it's going to be a pretty impressive-looking thing. Um, and I'm pretty darn impressed with the fact that you're willing to bite off this rather large project. I have complete faith that you're going to do a great job, um, but it is a big project, and uh, I, I suppose nothing will test the idea of being an Eagle Scout better than this particular project ahead of you. So are you at all scared of the project, or are you just excited to get, get on with it, or how are your feelings about getting to this project, Lucas? So, yeah, I guess I am a little bit scared because like, it, it is going to take a long time to get this through. The main part that I'm a little bit um, scared about is the fundraising. We've done, I'd say, probably 10 pop can drives, and we're trying to raise over $7,000 out of basically just pop cans. Um, we also wrote a few grants and got a little bit from that. But yeah, the main thing is our popcorn drives. We're actually in the middle of doing one right now. If you drop your cans off at Mid Misfits, we can collect them and help to raise the last of the seven thousand I need. 
Well, so, interesting that you said that because I've been toting around in the back of my car. <laughs> a stores, uh, we have a pop machine at the store, but we don't really have a service that comes out and picks up all the pop cans. So it's always trying to figure out what it is. So I have a couple of big garbage bag sacks that uh, <laughs> I'll make sure instead of popping them in the grocery store uh, machine, I'll, I'll save them for you. Thank you. Well, hey, and um, now you've only probably got 69500 yeah. to go, <laughs> and you'll be all set. The good news is, is Rick is not the only one. There's a lot of people these days who find $0.10 cents to be not worth the effort to take them back to the store and might be very willing to donate them to a, a worthy cause. I'll simply say this, that uh, for the uh, listening audience, if anyone out there is in the situation where they have a bag of cans, uh, by all means, stop them by the pet store. I'll let the pet store know that uh, if any pop cans come in, that that's where they're going to go for. So uh, we'll at least, uh, we, we can at least do that for you. Thank you for that. That was like the main thing I was scared about. And then also I'm a little bit um, excited to get this through because I think it's going to be a really cool project once it's all done because we're going to put two benches on it. And I think it'll be a nice place to just hang out. Now, my question for you is that when you've got a duck pond outside, uh, there are going to be geese and there are going to be swans and there are going to be other waterfowl who are going to say, oh, there's some water. I think I'm going to use it. Is that going to be a problem? Um, I don't think it'll be a problem with the ducks. The only thing that would probably be a problem would be we have koi in there. Yeah. So we're probably going to have to restock the koi every year or so. So that might be a little bit of an issue. But, I mean, attracting birds isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think it'll make it seem more natural and give it a nice look to it. Oh, no question about it, but warn your ducks that when those swans show up, they're awfully bossy when it comes to wanting to possess the water. So I will give you that warning. And he is right. This is inevitably going to be in the country, right? I don't think you're going to put – uh, farm animals in downtown Lansing. So, no. so we'll talk more to Mitten Misfits coming up on the other side of the hour. Uh, but it, it, he is right, uh, Lucas, that uh, we we have a uh, uh, blue herons and even mink and things like that sure. that can kind of come in and uh, uh, decide that. They, they have a different opinion as to what the value of those koi are. So. <laughs> but, but there are steps that you can take that can at least reduce the harm but from the contours of the pond to objects you can put in the pond that would actually allow them to have some refuge. And uh, quite commonly in a large pond like this with some refuge that they can hide in, uh, they'll, they'll have babies. And with those babies, they'll have um, uh, ongoing generations. So we can only hope, we'll have our fingers crossed, that uh, – that, that it'll be self-perpetuating and you won't have have to reinvest every year in some koi, but but yet to see. That so, is that is the hope of yeah, the yeah. the koi. Yeah. Have you figured out where you're gonna lay it out on the property yet? We um at first were thinking right up next to our barn, um, like along the path to the left of it. But after we were looking at a different area we thought it would be good next to a tree, but then that wouldn't really work well because then you'd have to clean it out every so often with the sticks that fall on it. So now I think we have a more settled area. It's where it originally was going to be, but slightly back more, closer to the parking lot because um, that area is a nice flat area that we can light out on. 
Beautiful. Well, Lucas, we want to wish you the best of luck with getting your Eagle Scout. Uh, kudos to you for pursuing uh, going to that level with the Scouts. It's a great accomplishment. Like you said, five in a hundred uh, might actually get it. So that puts you in a rare group. And we wish you the best of luck with this project. And thank you for all that you're doing to help uh, 501c3s. Uh, it's a great lesson to learn at a young age, and hopefully you'll do it for most of your life. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Oh, it was our pleasure. Uh, we've been speaking with Lucas Palmetto, and after the break, as Rick said, we're going to talk with Bob Worthy, who is uh, the owner and one of the workers when it comes to <laughs> keeping the farm going right here on 1320 WILS. Hey, got some ideas for a show? Questions? Maybe suggestions? Just email us, mmpets at 1320wils.com or message us on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash mmpets. Whoever said the dogs won't chase parked cars never met Rick Pruce and Lee Cohen. They're back on the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. 1320 WILS. It's 9.35 and we're back here with the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And Rick, we have with us on the line a first-time guest. It's Bob Worthy, who is the founder and owner of a 501c3 organization called Mitten Misfits Farm Sanctuary. And it's located out in the Grand Ledge area, I believe. Uh, welcome to the show, Bob. Thank you. Thank oh, it's you. our pleasure. It's our pleasure to have you. Uh, where in Grand Ledge are you located, or am I incorrect in saying Grand Ledge? No, we have a Grand Ledge address, but we actually are in the middle of uh, Delta Township. And uh, for everybody that knows Horrocks, we are about two miles due south of Horrocks, or one mile due south or due north of the GM uh, assembly plant. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and is this your Residents as well. Yes, it is. We okay. we have a we have a small farm here, and uh, it is in Delta Township, but it's a rural portion of Delta Township. Okay, and and you've been there for a number of years. Uh, probably in excess of twenty two or so, something like that. And this five hundred one C three, which we'll talk <laughs> about. Um, how long has that been in in uh, creation? Well, I, 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 yeah, that, that has been in, in uh, and we have had the 501c3 classification for the last two years, okay. and we incorporated uh, shortly before that. All right, all right, and uh, let's let's have it from you. Uh, what is Mitten Misfits? Well, and I'll correct a couple of comments that were made. Uh, Mitten Misfits is essentially the culmination of my wife's work in animal welfare and, uh, you know, uh, she did a lot of rescue. Essentially, she started in dog rescue. And my wife is uh, Vic Worthy, and we uh, started rescuing dogs and cats probably 30 years ago, and we lived on a farm, and so all of a sudden the Humane Society and the animal control uh, departments came and said, hey, we've got a donkey You've got a farm, can you take it? We've got goats, can you take them? We've got peacocks, can you take them? And, of course, she always said yes, and this, this is her passion. I, go, I like to go out and fix things, not maybe not as often as I am required to, <laughs> but uh, it, it, it has just grown from 
there. And what happened was with the 501c3 designation is that when COVID hit, uh, some of she had a I mean, maybe six animals or so, and she had friends and family come over and help her take care of the animals and feed them and such. And when COVID hit, all that uh, support group dried up. So she reached out to Michigan State, some of the uh, animal welfare groups out there, and we had some just amazing students came and said, hey, this is an amazing place. You need to make it, you need, you need to grow it. And so that's when we decided to seek 501c3 status, and it has grown from back then maybe less than 10 animals to now, um, I think she said 70-plus. And it, that includes birds and, you know, the ducks and the chickens and the, the peacocks and turkeys. But um, And we now have uh, horses and donkeys and goats and sheep, and there's some rabbits that just showed up, I see, um, ducks, peacocks, turkeys, uh, and chickens. I, I would imagine oh. that there's not a whole oh, lot of... What's that? <laughs> and pigs. We have, we and have pigs. Uh, three and pigs. Yeah. pigs and full, three full-size pigs. Yeah, well, they probably take their lion's share of food resources for sure, so you can't not include them. But pigs. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, exactly. I can't imagine there are many uh, places like this, which then probably puts a lot of pressure on you and the and the reason why probably there was a lot of, you know, willing to support your making it a larger, you know, vo- you know, 501c3. You know, you, you got the support from uh, Michigan State students and uh, that that must uh, at least it gave you the encouragement to move forward. Right. It, it did. And, and the thing is, the, the animal welfare component of this is very obvious because everyone who comes to volunteer here and we have about 70 volunteers, you know, has, has a great love of animals. The. Um, the educational component, we have maybe 20 volunteers that are MSU students, most of them in, in an animal program, one or another, but most of, a lot of them are pre-vet students. So they can come here, they can get large animal experience that is really invaluable to them. And it, so there's an educational component. Uh, we have reached out to MSU to see if we could put together an intern uh, program and we are approved for an intern program, as I understand it. However, they need someone here 40 hours a week to monitor the student interns so they can get credit. And we're not that big yet. So mm-hmm. someday we'll get there. So yeah, that's, that's sure. how that works. I did. You, we were uh, getting a hold of you to get you on air. And uh, it took a little bit of a time. And then when you told me what took you some time, I'd like to talk a little bit about that because you had quite a – a bundle of feed showing up, and you had to unload. Could you talk about that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we this this week, uh, to uh, this week on Monday, we we uh, had a, a very generous uh, local farmer donate 150 bales of hay to us, and so we picked that up on Monday, and then we had purchased another uh, 200 and some bales, maybe 250, uh, from another farmer who, in, in locally, and he sold it to us at a, a reduced rate because of what we're doing. And so uh, at the first phase of this week, we moved in about 400 bales of hay. That would translate into uh, about 12 tons of hay that we put in the barn. And, and that was Monday and Tuesday. And yesterday, I think the feed, the weekly feed that we brought in uh, in terms of grain and such, 
was about, in terms of pounds, it was about uh, 1,300 pounds. So, Do you um, have the necessary yeah, equipment to move all this stuff around? Um, Human. A lot of that just, it depends on volunteers. No, um, One bale yeah, at we, a time. We do, have, we, we do have a hay elevator, but we, we, we want to put a bigger barn up because our barn really isn't tall enough to use a hay elevator, so we rely on manual labor to... To move most of that. Wow. And and you found the resources, the volunteers in your community? We have. Uh, we have. I, I'd like to find more because then I won't have to lift as much, but then I, uh, I'll get out of shape. But uh, <laughs> yes, we have. Uh, the, the, the response has been overwhelming. Uh, people have been uh, really great, and uh, we, we have got volunteers for all kinds of items, like, you know, like the duck pond you've talked about, and, and you know, every, every, project we get we get some help well and i suppose you would be you you have the need for more volunteers right i mean if somebody's listening to the show they've want they want the farm experience they want to help out animals they they just want some place to go and 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 show their, their their love for animals and for the being generous souls on this planet they can they can call and and how how does that go? Do they Absolutely, get- uh, you can you can go to uh, mittenmisfits.org, and you can get the contact information. Uh, you get the phone number there, or you can send an email. You can go to Facebook. Uh, the the website gets updated probably weekly, and I think uh, Facebook probably gets updated about every five minutes, from what I see the postings. But you, you can reach out to us that way, and we have volunteers, not just students, to get experience with animals. We have volunteers in, in ages from 82 to 14. We have two families that actually have three generations of volunteers here, uh, being you know grandmother, mother, and uh, child. And uh, we have people here for all kinds of purposes. If, you know, if you come, you, you can, if, and you wanted to work on, you know, cleaning the stalls and feeding the animals, you, you come out, you, you take a shift, which is maybe two and a half, three hours, and you improve your welfare because your blood pressure goes down a little bit. You maybe take off a couple pounds. People with issues that, uh, of depression or something, uh, can come out, and everybody who says they've had issues, you know, with that type of problem, say they feel so much better, and being out here working with the animals gives them a sense of purpose. Um, we have we have one woman who's allergic to the animals, and she has gone around to some of the stores in the area, the grocery stores, and asked if we could have their outdated produce that we could feed to our animals, which will reduce our uh, feed bill and let us do more. So... And we've had a lot of retired people who have kind of, you know, lost their mission in life or they've had a change of events and they come out and they feel a a renewed interest. And we've had such a response from that group that we're trying to put some some low-impact jobs together like some gardening and put in a garden, uh, some landscape stuff, so they can come out and enjoy the uh, area too and, and volunteer and feel good about it. 
Well, it sounds like a whole lot of work. The only good news that I can say for you is if you've got enough goats, at least you won't have to mow the lawn. So that's got to be at least a small help. We're talking this morning with Bob Worthy, who is the owner of Mitten Misfits. And Bob, we need to take a quick break. But when we come back from the break, we'd like to talk a little bit more about your upcoming duck pond that's going in and how other people, if they do want to help you can get involved we'll do that right here on 1320 wils welcome back to the mid-michigan pet expert talk show on 1320 wils here are your hosts rick bruce and lee cohen we're back here with the mid-michigan pet expert talk show and we're talking this morning with bob worthy who is the owner of mitten misfits farm sanctuary which is located in delta township and bob as we talked about before the break one of the things that you all are working on adding to your farm is a duck pond because evidently you've gotten some ducks and one of your volunteers for an Eagle Scout uh, program has decided he wants to build a pond for the ducks. Talk about what your feeling is about that and what you think it'll do for you. Well, it's really uh, wonderful. And you, and you mentioned Lucas. Our, our, he's kind of our lead Eagle Scout. And he was actually here uh, this week on Monday helping us unload hay. So he, he, he takes on a lot of jobs here. Uh, yeah, what, one of our volunteers said that she had some ducks that needed to be rescued and that we needed ducks. And my wife agreed, uh, being the final decision maker on you know, animal <laughs> acceptance. So um, we we get we received the ducks and of course they they, they really can't protect themselves. So they need to they need a pond in order to protect themselves from predators. Otherwise we have to keep them in a caged area, which isn't as nice. So uh uh, Lucas and his Eagle Scouts decided that that was a project that they wanted to proceed on. So they went out and did some fundraising, and they did a, a pop can drive, and they are uh, putting a duck pond in. And they went to uh, Bruce's Pets to get some professional advice on, on how to do that and make it uh, something that is going to last. And so we've, we've been there a number of times. Uh, we have a plan in place. We have a place for it. Uh, it'll be just as you drive in, actually, as you reach the, in front of the barn. And uh, I think it's going to be wonderful for the ducks. It'll be a nice area where people can come and sit and just kind of reflect and, and enjoy. And uh, it's going to benefit the ducks immensely. And uh, it's going to make the place look better. And it's hard to do with a farm because a farm isn't uh, really aesthetically appealing a lot of times. There's, there's, there tends to be a lot of mud. So now what we can do is we can get the ducks in one area so they're not trying to, you know, create a, a little mud puddle everywhere you go. So it'll, be, it'll help clean up the entire operation. You know, I was thinking about when you, before we took the break, um, you talked about health benefits associated with um, actually working, you know, working for a cause. And I'm, I'm just thinking that, um, you know, once we get this pond in and you have some bench seats, uh, Lucas mentioned that, you know, it's it's actually the it, it full, fills the whole ticket. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, we want to work. We want to work hard. We want to have uh, an opportunity to kind of you know show our self worth and and provide to the community and feel important. But we also want to kind of maybe sit down, reflect, and 
and, and enjoy. And there's nothing more enjoyable than a nice little pond that they can kind of sit and watch those ducks as they smoothly, you know, glide across. And maybe they f- interact with the koi and can feed them. So maybe it can be a also a, a resting opportunity for those that are working hard for you as well. I, I think so. I think it's. I think it's going to add. Uh, it's going to improve the appearance, and people will really enjoy maybe a little more being out here because, um, you know, John Hopkins has done a lot of uh, studies saying that animals can, can heal and they can they have healing properties. And I, I I won't go into the scientific portion of it, but a lot of people really enjoy being around animals. The, the other thing that we offer is. This, this shared passion. Everybody has a shared passion so they can work together for the benefit of the misfit animals we have here. And they get a great deal of, um, of well-being out of, out of doing that because, you know, our, our society is so divisive right now that it's great to come together with the people with, with like interest. And I mean, there, there's, there's men and there's women. There's, they're from all social statuses. They're from all races and religions. And everybody comes out here. They work together, and uh, for a common good. And everybody enjoys it. It's, it's like everybody's family here. It's, it really is a wonderful place. And uh, like I say, my wife is, is the visionary for this. I, I've just supported it, and uh, it has, it has really done amazing things. Uh, and and I, I have to tell you one story. We, we do network with other nonprofits who uh, provide care for children or young adults with autism and with developmental issues. Uh, we, their parents call us and tell us how much better uh, that they'll come out and do chores. They, they come out with a coach. This is with another nonprofit organization that we partner with. They'll come out and they'll be here for maybe an hour and they'll do some tasks. Uh, we the, the feedback has been amazing. We actually had one uh, individual who, uh, a young man with autism, he uh, had probably volunteered here for six months, and he was nonverbal when he came. He started talking, and uh, everybody was amazed. I mean, even his, even his parents were just absolutely amazed. And uh-huh. he comes with his mom. His mom is his coach. So it, it, there is some healing benefits to be had. I imagine even um, you have benefited by all of this that goes on. It probably, you know, helps just getting out of bed and, and, and having a purpose yourself. I might be too close to see that, but you're right. You're probably right, but I might be just a little too close to see that. No, it, it, it is amazing. <laughs> it, 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 uh, it, it's infectious. It really is. Well, as an older animal, it's always nice to help older animals. <laughs> and so it's nice to hear that a lot of the rescues that you've got are older animals that can live a good end of their life with you as opposed to what maybe was happening before you existed. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's any because we, we just lost a horse who was 40 years old. And if you were to Google horse ages, um, the, a 40-year-old horse would be number nine on the list of oldest horses recorded. Now, that's not an inclusive list. It can't be. But the thing is, a horse normally lives to, you know, somewhere between 25 and 30 is considered old. We've had two in their 40s, uh, 143 and 140. And we have right now, I think we have seven horses between the age of 34 and 37. Hmm. So... Those horses, you don't see very many. Actually, we were written up in a, um, uh, I'll call it an international pay, uh, a magazine. It was a uh, Horse Canada. 
they contacted us because we had a birthday party for our 40-year-old horse, and they were doing uh, a section on uh, horse aging and of the, how things were changing. And so we did a, a, quite a few interviews, and they wrote a really nice article in Horse Canada about you know our 40-year-old. Is there something you uh, ascribe to as to why that you're fortunate enough to have such they got older, a lot of hay. older animals? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the, here's the thing: as you know, horses in particular, they they um, their mortality is due to the fact that they lose their teeth because they have they have a set of teeth that that they need to process hay and, and or, or grass in a certain way. As they lose their teeth. They can't process it properly. They can't get enough uh, protein to maintain their muscle mass, and they just kind of go away. So if you if you give the animal shelter and you give them some love and you feed them properly uh, by taking some hay that has been processed and essentially ground up and then hydrated or just you know we put some warm water on it, they're able to get the proper nutrition they need, and they can go a lot longer than. Uh, that you may live really healthy, wonderful lives for a lot longer than than we have thought is possible. Interesting. So there's, there's, uh, it's, it's not it's not magic. It's just it's just applying the passion and the people who really care for the animals, and you put everything together, and it makes it makes things work. Now, I, I, we just lost our 19 year old uh, golden lab, and I have no idea because, and that's really an advanced age for that. So. Maybe it's something that the animals lover here brings to the animals. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe Vicky is uh, is a a substantial element to all of this. We don't have her on the uh, on the phone, but uh, it sounds like from talking to you, you know, that's really where a lot of this comes from. It, it is. If my wife, if it was an animal, my wife would be talking to him. When it comes to talking to the to the human side, she wants to delegate that to me because she feels more comfortable talking with the animals than. Than she does to people in mass. On a one-on-one job, she does a great job, but in mass, she gets a little nervous. Well, based on how long-lived your animals are, it wouldn't surprise me if you were inundated with a bunch of sixty and older volunteers who are want to get a piece of whatever's in that fountain that you've got going out at the farm. So that would that would be nice. Maybe we can incorporate some of that into the duck pond. And, and so yeah. <laughs> well, it just might happen. In the meantime, Bob, I'm sorry to say we're out of time, but we want to thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story and we want to wish you the best of luck in your continued growth and elevation of your farm and stature in this community well thank you so much and everyone interested please check us out on Facebook or org. Fantastic. We've been speaking with Bob Worthy from uh, Mitten Misfits Farm Sanctuary. Uh, on behalf of our producer, Bruce Warner, and Rick Proust, my co-host, this is Lee Cohen, wishing all of you a great weekend and a great weekend. 